0: chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, as I was looking at the lyrics of the songs that we were singing this morning, I felt some confirmation in my my spirit, in my heart for this, this message and for this hour. there's one verse of Scripture many of us know it but I really want us I want it to get a hold of us today it's in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12 and this is what it says wherefore my beloved as you have always obeyed not as in my presence only but now much more in my absence work out your own salvation with fear And with trembling, I'm going to ask you to stretch your hand this direction and pray God's blessing and anointing over his message and over his messenger today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word of God. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We are reminded that forever your word is settled in heaven. This word right here, heaven and earth will pass, but this word, this Bible that I just read from, will never pass away. Seasons come and go and flowers and grass dies only to come back next season, but the word of God is a constant. Lord, I'm asking you right now because I'm reminded as I cried out to you earlier this morning The letter of the Word will kill, but the Spirit is what gives life. And so today, God, I I stand before you, and I must have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I must have that fresh unction from on high. For you tell us in the Word that that unction is what lifts off and destroys yokes that bring bondage. God, we need that anointing in this service right now. For those that are present in this room, for those that are watching online, God, speak in a way that only you can. We'll be careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for these things. In Jesus' precious and holy name. And the church said, amen. Your own salvation. This is not a subject that you can say you have no interest in, for this subject bears upon every soul listening. If you are breathing this morning, you are a living soul, and therefore the subject of salvation is your own. Nothing, absolutely nothing, should have as much of your attention as your own salvation. No philosophies, no in-depth theologies, no doctrinal inquiries should take more precedence than your own Salvation. No vocation, no hobby, no financial dream, no family plan should have your focus as much as your focus should be on your own salvation. My prayer today is though you find yourself in a crowded room. It is my prayer that you'll be captured in mental solitude concerning your own salvation. The first question that we want to ask today is what will salvation do for you? Well, the first thing I will tell you is that salvation will blot out the sins of your past. Romans tells us, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Sin, like a filthy, nasty garment, rests upon each and every one of us that are in sin this morning. But praise God, when the gift of salvation is accepted and the work of salvation is applied, we are cleansed from our guilt. And not only that, we are acquitted in the eyes of the great judge. What man or woman or young person present today would deny that forgiveness and the work of salvation is the most unspeakable blessing that a person can have bestowed upon them? There is no greater blessing. If the treasury was emptied into your bank account, it is nowhere near as much a blessing as your salvation. If you became the fame, if your name became the talk of the country, it's near, not near as important as your own salvation. The scripture tells us, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. The Bible, the prophet tells us that he took all of our sins when we accepted him. And he cast them behind his back to not be brought up again. Thank God that salvation, my own salvation, has delivered me from my past. The second thing I'll tell you, because it does even more than that, is that salvation not only brings you deliverance from the past, but it also delivers you from the power of sin presently. You see, it is inherent within each and every one of us. When we were born, we were born in sin. When we were born in sin from a very small child, we loved to sin. We loved bondage. As we grew, we were fond of evil. But then when salvation comes in to your heart, your own salvation, you learn that sin is evil. And what happens is, is your love for sin turns into a loathing of sin. And you despise sin. And you hate sin. And yes, you turn your back on sin. And with God's Spirit mastering your various lusts within your heart, you will put your flesh down and you will rise to the liberty of the children of God. We quote it often, but the message of it is powerful and new every day. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Sure. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. If you are here today and truly the gift of salvation has become your own, then you are living a life of victory in Jesus Christ. The power of God has been displayed. It's broken sins hold off of your life when you accepted your own personal salvation. Well, praise the Lord. Sin no longer has dominion over you because you are a child of God. So let me ask you and confront you today with this question. Do you have salvation? But follow up with this question. Do you have salvation from your sin? You see, there's people that have a label of salvation, but you can look at their life and you can tell by the fruit of their life that their salvation is not a salvation from sin. And I want to tell you, let me go on record, and I can back it up with the Word of God. If you do not have your own salvation, and it is a salvation from sin, then your salvation is a hoax. It is a joke. It is a fraud. Now, I know it's become a coined phrase. It's very popular today. Uh, The phrase in this free-falling society is this. Three letters, Don't judge me. We hear it all the time. You challenge someone on anything, don't judge me. You know what that really means is how dare you challenge my sinful, ungodly lifestyle in even a loving way. But can I tell you something? James chapter 5 and verse 20. Listen to what it says. He who converts the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. The truth is, sir or ma'am, we confront you in love with the Spirit of Christ because we see that you're not bearing the fruit of someone that has been saved from their sin. And Jesus called us To be fruit inspectors. He said you shall know them by the fruit that they bear. True salvation means you are no longer the person you used to be period. You have been delivered from your past, and praise God, you've been delivered from the power of sin that had you up until that moment that you accepted Christ. I want to just ask today, is there anybody in the house that remembers what it was like when you were dead in trespasses and sins, but you found your own salvation, and today you are no longer dead? dead, but you're alive in Christ. You're not the alcoholic you used to be. You're not the drug addict you used to be. You're not the porn follower you used to be. You're not the adulterer you used to be. You're not the drunkard you used to be, the party animal you used to be, but you have become a new creature in Christ Jesus. You don't just have salvation. You have salvation from sin. Sin no longer has dominion over you. I wish somebody would give the Lord permission so, salvation delivers you. Your own salvation delivers you from your past. Your own salvation delivers you from the power of sin today. Listen to this. Your own salvation delivers you from the current, current wrath of God every person who is unforgiven today is the object of divine wrath. Well, well, preacher, I thought God loves me. He does. He loves you very much. His very essence is love. But can I tell you, God is also holy. You don't have to shout me down here. God is holy. The same God who is love is also a God who is holy and just, and so his righteousness must be satisfied. And I'm going to tell you, with the wicked, he is angry. Listen, listen. I've told you the last few weeks, sometimes I don't always get the, the sensing of the Spirit right. But one thing's for sure, this word does not change. Listen to what the Word says. Psalm 7, verse 11 and 12, listen. It says, God is angry with the wicked every day. If he turns not, he will sharpen his sword. Can I just be bold enough to tell you today that the only reason this world, in its deplorable condition, has not been wiped out is because God turns away. Can I tell you today that one day there's a day coming in the book of Revelation, you can read it. Go look it up. One day God's going to judge this world. He's going to burn the elements of this world with fervent heat. He's going to drop stars from their sockets, the ones he keeps in place every day. And those stars are going to fall to this earth and they are going to burn this world up. And the only reason it hasn't happened sooner is because God turns away. I want to tell you the Bible says it. It's still true. God still gets angry at the Wicked! You need to quit believing he is some mamby pamby god, some cotton candy deity with no substance, some kind of Santa Claus that's at our ever beckoning call. While you live like the devil, I'm telling you, he is holy, he is just, and he is angry at the wicked. Right behind, John three sixteen. The golden text of all the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But two verses later, this is what he says. He says, he that believes not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. What I'm saying is, if you're a sinner this morning, if you're away from the Lord this morning, this is not a probation. You have been proven, and you have been weighed in the balances, and you have been found wanting. Your condemnation is recorded. You thought hell was the only thing you had to fear, but I'm telling you, the wrath of God rests upon you right this very moment. To think, and the Bible says it. I can back it up with Scripture. To think that the bow is stretched and the arrow of God is pointed at you personally is a terrible thing. He has bent his bow and he has made it ready. Psalm 78 in verse 38, listen to what it says. Yes, many a time God turned his anger away and did not stir up all of his wrath. There's been many times that he, that he could have easily released his anger and released his wrath, but he has not done it. Can I tell you he has the ability to withhold your next breath he could stop the very next beat of your heart your very life is in this moment in his hands I'm telling you sinner friend the bow is bent I'm telling you rebellious soul the arrow is pointed but here's the deal it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed but oh Oh, praise God the blessing. Oh, the blessing of your own salvation that makes you, that takes you out from under the cloud of divine wrath and reveals to you divine love. What can be more precious than to go from children of wrath to children of God and joint heirs with Christ? I love the way Isaiah put it in Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 1. He said, Oh God, I will praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away, and now you comfort me. I'm telling you, for years, from the age of nine to the age of 19, I played games with God. I backslid on Jesus. I realized that I walked with His wrath, pointed in my direction. But today, this date, for many years now, I accepted His salvation, and now, as we sung about this morning, I now walk in His grace and mercy. The arrows no longer pointed in my direction. The bow is no longer bent in my direction. Why? Because I appropriated the blood of Jesus Christ. I shed shed blood from the Savior on Calvary to my soul. And from that moment forward, the bow's been put down and God has shed his mercy and grace every day that I live. I plead with you, sinner, today. I plead with you, backslider, today. Listen to me on the camera today. Run back to the cross before it's too late because the wrath of God is upon you today. We don't want to hear it, but you can't. I got to be honest with you. Me and the Lord talked a lot this week. I said, Lord, you keep giving me these hard messages I've had people say, you're a hard preacher. I'm telling you, just as sure as I'm standing here, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, you are moments away from the end. You are moments away from the end. Your own salvation Delivers you from the past. Delivers you from the power of sin in the present. Delivers you from the current wrath of God. Your own salvation delivers you from the future wrath of God. Mercy. Mercy restrains the ultimate wrath of God. That's truth. But to die without your your own salvation... It means you enter the world of the damned. Your own salvation delivers you from the pit of hell. As simple as that. The Greek word for hell in the New Testament is the word Gehenna, which is the eternal and unquenchable lake of fire. It was originally prepared for the devil and his angels. God was willing that no one should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He never Established hell for human beings. But hell is daily and hourly and every second enlarging itself with souls. It's bulging bigger and bigger and bigger with souls that do not have their own salvation. But if you have your own salvation, you're no longer liable to punishment. Because you're no longer charged with guilt. Hallelujah! There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Well, praise the Lord. Somebody ought to give up a shout right there. Let me say it again. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation. Oh, I tell you, about six of you got it. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ. How many times am I going to have to say it before everybody in the room that proclaims the name of Christ? There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Delivered from the past. Delivered from the power of sin. Delivered from the current wrath of God. Delivered from the future wrath of God. The guilt of sin is gone. The dominion of sin is gone. The curse of sin is gone. The punishment of sin. Sin is dead to the believer. To the true believer it's all because of your own salvation it's not a whole world blessing it is personal it's not congregational I've heard it ever since I was a small child and it's worth repeating today if you think for a moment that you're going to grab onto mama's coattail that's been living righteous for you, and that's going to get you into glory. You're sadly mistaken. This is your own personal salvation. Hmm. <laughs> so let me ask you today who cares about salvation? Well, salvation is thought of highly by the Heavenly Father, for it was His plan. Give His only Son to save sinners. Salvation is highly thought of by Jesus because He's the one that bled and died to accomplish the plan of salvation. Salvation is certainly seen with great value from the Holy Spirit, for He's the one that's dealing with souls even right now and drawing you... And will be the one who in a few moments will seal the salvation to your willing heart. The church cares about salvation. The church cares so much that we weep and we cry and we travail like a woman that is about to give birth. And God alluded to that in the scripture when he said, when Zion, that's the church, has travailed, that's you and I, the church, she shall bring forth her sons and her daughters. You say, I'd like to see a lot more souls say, well, how much travailing are you doing? How much travailing is the church doing? How much weeping and crying and laboring in the spiritual delivery room, are we doing for souls to be saved? So the Trinity believes salvation is important, and the church believes salvation is important. Angels believe salvation is important. They think it's weighty business. They watch. I I see them, maybe a spokesman, peering over. Maybe Gabriel's peering over the banisters of heaven this morning. And his eyes are going from one continent to another. And every time they hear about a soul that came to know Jesus and got their own salvation, he turns to the angelic choir and band and says, strike it up, fellas. We've got another soul that's come home to be with the Lord. How do I know this? Because the scripture says there's joy in the presence of God over one Sinner that repents. Again, who cares about salvation? Well, demons certainly care. They must think salvation is a great matter, for their leader goes about seeking whom he may devour. They're never wearying for man's destruction. They're pulling out the stops. I've never seen so much assault on human beings and their souls, as I'm seeing right now. The lure, the draw, the wedge to come between man and God. The devil wants to kill you. Why? To keep you from your own salvation. The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and to destroy. They come past sea and land to see if they may destroy the sons of God. Let me, let me just be honest with you. Sinner friend, let me, just, let me just be honest with you today and tell you there are two things, two things keeping you from destruction this moment. One is the prayers of the saints. and The other, more importantly, is the mercy of God. That's the only thing. While you live in your hellish ways, maybe it's the prayers of a mama or a grandmama. Some of us are benefactors of that. knows what it's like to have a a parent or a grandparent call on God, say, God, bring them home, bring them home, make them miserable, whatever it takes. If it costs me my own life, I'll give my own life for my son, my daughter, my grandchildren to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Oh God, have mercy because they're on their way to eternal destruction. And then the fact that he's a merciful God that scripture I read to you earlier he has a bow and an arrow pointed in your direction and you irritate him in your sins so much but at the very moment he's about ready to release it and cut the mercy off mercy kicks in again and he turns away from destruction on your life you heard me read it it's the word it's the Bible Who cares about salvation? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the angels, the church, the demons. Finally, lost souls believe salvation is important. All lost souls. If you don't believe it's important now, you will in your future. If you want to play games with God, you, you don't think it's important now, you got other things you want to do, other oats you want to sow, one day you'll see its value. How, how do I know? How, how do I know that? Because when I go to the Gospel of Luke, I, I read about the, the rich man who thought highly about his own produce and his own amount of barns to store the harvest and the produce. He thought about his own produce and his own barns more than, oh God help me, more than he thought about his own salvation. But in hell he lifted up his eyes and it was not about the barns and it was not about the produce and it was not about the harvest on earth. In hell he lifted up his eyes and he begged Abraham to send Lazarus to go and preach and speak to his five brothers so they wouldn't come to this place of torment. I'm telling you right now, if you're lost and undone, if you're playing games with God, if you're away from the Lord, it may be really low on your radar Up until this moment, I'm telling you, there will come a day, hopefully it's today, but there will be a day that you will realize the priceless weight of your own
1: salvation. and listen
0: in our in our culture it seems to be about health and wealth i would admonish you look look to your health by all means call on the doctor when you're sick and care for your diet and Attend to your exercise and be alert to all the sanitary laws. Take your daily vitamins and get your annual physical. Take care of your body. But what does it matter in the end if you have possessed a healthy body, but you have a perishing soul?
1: Wealth, you say,
0: we must have it. Yes, yes. We live in a very real world with very practical needs, so we, we have to plan your retirement and monitor your investments and increase your hourly and pad your accounts. But remember, it will be empty if you set your heart upon it. For Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world but lose his own soul? Charles Spurgeon said it best. What good is a golden coffin for a damned soul? Never seen a luggage rack on a hearse. You cannot take it with you.
1: This is a personal salvation.
0: It's worthy of your undivided attention. I know I've been called to preach to sinners today. But let me challenge all of us. To give our highest thoughts to our own salvation. Paul said, work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. I'm afraid too many of us are careless and casual. And we're getting sucked in by the cheap grace, freewheeling church culture. Saint of God, don't get so far removed that salvation is no longer your highest priority. Pray about it. Praise God for it. Think about it. Speak about it. Sing about it. Don't be bashful about your own salvation. People may never open a Bible, but your testimony is powerful. Who cares if they think you're crazy? It's taken me a while to get here. The other night, I've told you this story before, but I love to prayer walk, and I have this long stretch of road that goes into my subdivision, Heron's Landing Drive, and I love to go out walking. And I found myself doing this several times. Praise God, till the car comes, and I'm like... Something got a hold of me the other night. I'm telling you, it didn't matter if 15 cars went by me or came up behind me. I had my hands raised to my creator, and I didn't care. Got around the corner, went by about eight or ten homes, and I was singing to the top of my lungs. And I hope they label me. It's okay if they label me. I'm telling you, if we're going to be saved, then be saved. If you're going to be saved, be saved in the church, but be saved in your community. Hallelujah. All the battles and challenges of this life they are so minuscule to this truth. I am saved. I become forsaken on a reptile infested island like the Apostle John. I am saved. If my family forsakes me and turns their back on me, I am still saved. If tragedy happens and I lose it all. There's one thing for sure that can never be taken away. I can give it away. I can walk away from it, but it can never be taken. And that's my salvation. Horatio Spafford he had already lost a four-year-old son. And the great Chicago fire of 1871 had ruined him financially. But he was a follower of the Lord, and he was very involved in D.L. Moody's evangelism work in England. So he had determined that he was going to, he and his family were going to go over to England. And support Brother Moody and his help him with the campaign and preaching the gospel. He got held up at the last minute, so he sent his family on ahead and he was going to come in just a few hours. But while the ship with his family was on it was headed over to England, it collided with another vessel and it sank rapidly all four of Horatio Spafford's daughters died and only his wife was spared. Horatio Spafford, devastated, boarded a ship to go to England to meet his grieving wife. Somehow he knew maybe by notification of the captain of the boat, but when they got to the place, the very location where his four daughters had perished, he penned
1: these words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea sing it with me. It is well with my soul. It is well, it
0: Jack, if you'll come help me with a little bit of soft music, please. The sinner today, salvation is worthy of your highest thoughts. Maybe you're asking some questions. When will I get saved? Where will I get saved? Will I be alone or will I be with others when I get saved? Will it happen at church or at home? This moment, this moment, this very moment is intensely personal And the Holy Spirit is sealing this moment to your heart and mind. If you're not saved today, friend, the sin that you commit is your sin. The guilt is your guilt. The condemnation is your condemnation. You say, well, you know, I've been involved with other people's sins, and they've been involved with mine. But I'm telling you, there's a page in God's book where your sins are unmingled with the transgressions of your friends. You cannot deflect. Today, your own sins need to be traded in for your own
1: salvation.
0: Maybe you don't understand it all. Maybe you've never even been in church. You say, Preacher, you don't know what kind of life I've lived. Man, you don't know the, the, some of the decisions that I've made. I've hurt people. I've destroyed people. I'm haunted by my own choices. I'm telling you, there's freedom. There's freedom. How can I find freedom? Freedom. You just bring it all to Jesus. (laughs) Just cast all your cares upon Jesus. I've never seen Jesus. I've never heard Jesus. Well, I've never seen Jesus with my literal eyes. I've never heard Jesus' audible voice. But I'm telling you, He's just as real. (laughs) He's just as real as anyone and everyone in this room. His presence is here but this is your own oh God I wish I had some saints who would be praying right this is your own salvation this is your own this is you and the Lord right here right now close your eyes all over this room every true believer begin to pray I believe God wants to Wants to give ten souls new life in Christ this morning. I pray for that soul that's in their living room right now. (laughs) Lord, you know I got family, I got friends. There There are family and friends of people sitting in this sanctuary. There are people across this country, across this state that are watching right
1: now. very moment would you fill the living room the kitchen where they're at and would you tell them that they need
0: their own personal salvation God in this room are people that are they're just not ready you whispered it to my spirit we're moments from the end and they just are not ready for you to come. This is personal. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. I'm just going to ask you to get up from where you're seated right now and just come down here and kneel or stand. Come on. Come on. You know things are not right, they're not right. The Holy Spirit is present. He's drawing
1: you with cords of love. Will you come today?